Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, April 4th. Passover is rapidly coming upon us and occurs at sundown, April 5th. I hope that each one of you will be keeping Passover in a home with your loved ones and fellow believers. This is a very special feast to observe as it is all about covenant with Yeshua, our Messiah. Passover is the festival of our freedom. The freedom is from being in bondage to sin and to the world system and experiencing new liberty and freedom in following Yeshua and His Torah. There are three important principles of the Egyptian redemption. They are, first, the Egyptian redemption is both historic and prophetic. Second, the events that happen to our patriarchs are prophecies of what will happen to their descendants, to us, in the final end-of-days generation. And third, the Egyptian redemption teaches us about Yeshua's redemption for the nation and for each one of us personally. The Hebrew word for Passover is Pesach. It means to hover over or pass over. The spiritual meaning is this. It represents passing over from death and sin to eternal life and salvation. It represents the blood of Yeshua to hover over our lives and to give us divine protection from the enemy. Passover defines and marks the first month on the biblical calendar. Even as Passover is the beginning of months, repenting of our sins, which is leaving Egypt, and putting the blood of Yeshua on our heart is the first step in our salvation in Messiah. Yeshua, the Lamb of God, was inspected by the Pharisees, the Sadducees, by Pilate, and by Herod. They were not able to find any blemish. Yeshua, the perfect, pure, and innocent Lamb, then died on the tree and took away the sin of the world upon Himself. He is our Passover Lamb. As it is written in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Pesach, and it means Passover. Exodus 34, 10-15 The Lord replied, Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed 
anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go with them. Luke 10, 38-11-13 As Yeshua and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Yeshua and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Once Yeshua was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Yeshua said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him. Psalm 76, 1-12 
God is honored in Judah. His name is great in Israel. Jerusalem is where he lives. Mount Zion is his home. There he has broken the fiery arrows of the enemy, the shields and swords and weapons of war. You are glorious and more majestic than the everlasting mountains. Our boldest enemies have been plundered. They lie before us in the sleep of death. No warrior could lift a hand against us. At the blast of your breath, O God of Jacob, their horses and chariots lay still. No wonder you are greatly feared. Who can stand before you when your anger explodes? From heaven you sentenced your enemies. The earth trembled and stood silent before you. You stand up to judge those who do evil, O God, and to rescue the oppressed of the earth. Human defiance only enhances your glory, for you use it as a weapon. Make vows to the Lord your God and keep them. Let everyone bring tribute to the Awesome One, for he breaks the pride of princes and the kings of the earth. Fear him. Proverbs 12, 15-17 Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. A fool is quick-tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. An honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion reading from Exodus 34, and then we're going to jump into Luke 10. There were two verses that really jumped out at me today, and I'm recording this from Jerusalem, and I'm in the land, and so I'm very connected to the pulse of the nation and to the people. So in Exodus chapter 34, verse 12, it is written, Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. And then he reiterates this principle in verse 15, where he says, You must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go with them. So I reflect on that, and I can go out on my balcony at night in the Talpute neighborhood of Jerusalem. And in the evening, there's the call to prayers by the Muslim towers. You hear the call to prayers, and you hear it several times a day. So we have many, the three major religions are represented here in Jerusalem, Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. And we can see why God gave this warning, not a warning, a command, to the people, to the children of Israel, not to make a treaty of any kind. Because what you have today is tremendous mixture. We have great political battles that are going on right now in the land regarding judicial reform. And the nation has been brought to a screeching halt in the last 24 hours because the people are in revolt 
there's a huge segment of the population that are all in favor of judicial reforms and are behind Netanyahu on it. And there's another segment of the population, liberals, that are dead set against it. But ultimately, this is not a political battle. It is a spiritual battle. And and you can feel the spiritual warfare in the atmosphere. The, the atmosphere is just charged like electricity with the warfare that is going on in this nation. We know that ultimately Yeshua is going to come and set up his government here in Jerusalem, and he will rule and reign from Mount Zion for 1,000 years. But until then, the battle is very heavy, and we see the effects of the New World Order, the deep state globalists, and their agenda. It's being played out in the politics as you read between the lines in the news. So again, this principle that God laid out, this command that he laid out to not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. Now, another thought I'll bring forward to you is this. Back in the early 2000s, uh, Israel was pursuing the fatally flawed formula, trade land in exchange for peace. And they wanted to have peace with their neighbors. They wanted the terrorism to stop. And so they thought, well, if we compromise and we give a little bit of land away, you know, in good faith, then maybe we can have peace and we can go on with our lives. And so the Israelis gave up the Gaza Strip. And a lot of Jewish people were evicted out of the Gaza Strip. Well, now the Gaza Strip has become a haunt for terrorists. And missiles and uh, incendiary balloons and kites come across with explosives. And there's just been absolutely no peace. The, the formula giving away peace uh, land in exchange for peace obviously was a total, total failure. And again, that gives you an example of why God said, you must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land, the Canaanites. Now, they worshipped Baal and they worshipped Asherah. Asherah was a female goddess and they would set up like a pole or a tree in her honor and and then Baal was her considered her husband and so you know the worship of other gods false gods like the worship of Allah um it's a snare and it's a trap and it just causes no end of trouble for the Hebrew, for the Israelis who are living here in the land the terrorism has gone off the charts there's been a real uptick of terrorism and so we can see why um, why God said, do not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. He didn't want them to compromise, and he didn't want them to get into idolatry. Now I want to turn to the book of Luke. And I want to speak to you uh, from chapter 10 about the Martha and Mary passage. Let's just reread it again, and then we'll talk about it. Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Yeshua and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister, Mary, just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, on first blush, when you first read it, it seems like a reasonable request. Martha's very busy trying to prepare a meal, and she could use some help. And apparently Mary 
has been sitting at the feet of Yeshua, listening to what he was teaching. But Yeshua said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. This speaks volumes. It really speaks to my heart. I know that we are all very busy. We have many things that we juggle. We're juggling our jobs and taking care of families, making meals, doing laundry, paying bills, commuting back and forth to work, dropping kids to and from school. We're busy. And yet the Lord has made it crystal clear what the number one priority in our life needs to be. Because Mary understood what that number one priority was. She took time out from the busyness of her day, and she simply sat at the feet of the Master and listened and took in his teaching. And that was the number one priority. And Yeshua recognized that in her and affirmed her decision and her choice. This is a battle that we all struggle with, of setting priorities, of making time to go in the secret place, to sit quietly at the feet of the Master, and to listen, to take time to pray, to seek His face, to pour out our heart to Him, to listen to Him of what He would say to us by the Holy Spirit, to take time to be in the Word of God, to take time to worship Him. So, do I turn on the TV, or do I go take time with the Lord? Do I spend hours on my phone looking at the news? Or do I go spend time with the Lord? Do I go shopping and spend money needlessly? Or do I go spend some time with the Lord? We all have those decisions to make and those priorities to set. So I encourage you, be intentional, be purposeful, and make it a priority to spend time with Yeshua every day, your best part of your day. Now, if you're a night owl, do it late at night. If you're a morning person, do it early in the morning, early before your day gets started and before it gets busy. But give some time to Him every day to seek His face, even as Mary did. Once, um, years ago, I prayed and I said, Lord, help me to shift gears. I get stuck in the Martha mode gear. We all have to get tasks done. We have to do the dishes and pay the bills and get our tasks accomplished. But we need to be able to shift gears and go into the Mary mode at a moment's notice. And so this is what I prayed, Lord, would you put an inner gear shift in me? And help me to shift gears. And when it's time to shift from the Martha mode into the Mary mode, help me to do so swiftly and quickly and easily. So may that be so for each one of you. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Vee <laughs>
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>